Cancer is the diagnosis no one wants to hear. What happens after the diagnosis? What about all the questions? What about our faith? What does that journey, that struggle look like? Well, stick around and we'll talk about that and a whole lot more with today's guest on Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, and I'm the host for the Here at Home podcast. And joining me today on today's episode is Mr. Ron Holmes. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, Mark. Glad good to, to have here. you. It's yeah, good to be here. Absolutely. Now, you've been around McGregor a, a long time, and you've actually been up front. And so probably a lot of folks uh, know who you are, but there's also uh, probably some folks that, Ron, Ron? Who's, who's Ron? Yeah. I, I want to know Ron. So sure. before we get into our, our, our main topic for today's podcast, let's give folks a chance to, to hear a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about your family first. Okay, sure. I'm, I'm married. I've been married to Debbie Holmes for, oh, it's coming up on 46 years. Wow. 46 years. We have three grown adult children, uh, Jessica, who lives in Los Angeles with her husband, and our grandchild, Levi. Levi. And by the way, she's expecting a baby on May the 3rd. They're going to be delivering the baby, C-section, uh, and that'll be another grandchild added to the family. And then we have, of course, uh, Eric, who lives in New York City, and then Cameron, who is here locally. Yeah, some folks might know Cameron and Jamie. They do. He plays drums. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have three children now. On Easter Sunday, yes. they added another one to their family, and her name is Abigail Grace. Abigail Grace. Right. What a great yeah. day to be born, huh? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Abigail Grace, I like that name. Hmm, a wonderful name. Yeah, that's neat. All right, well, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have uh, been responsible for here at McGregor sure. and some of your roles that, uh, that you've had. Sure. Or have. Uh, Debbie and I uh, joined McGregor back in 92. And then uh, because of my work, I, I went up to Orlando and uh, was at First Baptist Church Orlando there for a few years, then came back in 96. Uh, in the year 1997, Rob Flint at that time was looking for an orchestra director. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, this is something I like to do because of my musical background. I majored music in college and approached him. And uh, next thing I knew, I was the orchestra director here at McGregor Baptist Starting Church. Starting around 97? 1997. So this year in June, it'll be 25 years that I've been wow. working with the orchestra. Silver anniversary. Silver anniversary. Uh, my title has changed. It went from orchestra director to director of instrumental worship, mm. which it is now. And I have some more responsibilities that, uh, that I have now than when I first started. Yeah. So we have a little bit in common there because I also have my... Uh, Good degree in music. So, yes. Yeah. Trumpet players you, understand. Yeah, you use yours a lot more than I use mine. So. <laughs> but we do have that in common. Yeah. So uh, in addition to that, I know you also love to teach. Tell us a little bit about some of your teaching roles here. Yeah. Uh, back in uh, 2000, uh, I approached you yes. and said, you know, I think we ought to have a class for the orchestra and choir people. And you were in agreement uh, to, that currently I was in the class with Craig Mayer, and Craig was supportive of that as well. So we branched out and began that orchestra choir class in 2000, and I've been teaching that since 2000. Since then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, enjoy it a lot. I love it. Besides that, I also uh, teach a legacy group uh, mm -hmm. on Tuesdays on occasion, and of course, uh, Wednesday night journey together. 
the your early, bird class. early bird early bird almost, yes. almost all of our early bird sessions right. are led by you in fact yeah uh, i know when that is not happening i always run in especially the first night of a semester when we're not having the early bird and they're like where's the class where's the class <laughs> they love yeah. they love being a part of that uh, so and, and that was started so that folks that do serve at at 6 30 yeah had an opportunity to be a part of a discipleship class right. on Wednesdays. So right. it served a, a wonderful need for those that serve or those that just don't want to be out late. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you, you stay pretty busy around here. Yeah. And uh, during that time, by the way, uh, uh, in the uh, early 2000s, I went back to school and I decided yeah. to major in Bible. Got my degree in Bible and then I decided to take another step further and got my master's degree as well in, in biblical studies. So. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed it, and it's, it's assisted me in my teaching. That yeah. was the purpose behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you do a very, very good job in teaching. And well, thank you, Mark. Yeah. God has blessed you that way. Uh, let's, let's dive into what we uh, kind of I teased at the beginning as our, our topic uh, today. And uh, I, I started with cancer is the diagnosis mm -hmm. that no one wants to hear, but yet you heard that back in 2015. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's just start there. What was going on when you first heard those words in your mind? I, it was a shock. Uh, when I first heard those words that I had cancer, I couldn't believe it. And the reason why was because I considered myself a very healthy person, doing all the things you should be doing when it comes to your health. Right. Eating properly, uh, not having sweets and pies and cakes or soft drinks, all those things. Uh, drinking a lot of water and it, just trying to eat properly mm -hmm. and do the, do the right stuff. Uh, what happened was is that during that time uh, in 2015, I began to lose weight and I couldn't figure out why I'm losing weight. And also I began to experience some pain. And the pain I was experiencing I thought was maybe related to a sports injury or something years ago. And it got progressively worse to the point where I actually had a limp in my walk. And I remember Debbie and I talking about it. She said, you know, you should see a doctor. You haven't, you haven't had a physical in a long time. So why don't you go to the doctor and just be checked out? Get some blood work done and let's see what's going on. At that time, I was 64 years old. So I thought, you know, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the doctor, had blood work done. And uh, then I got a call from the doctor. And the, the call simply was this. You need to come in because I need to talk to you. Mm. And when I heard that, I thought, what is going on? That's usually never anything good. No. 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 So going in to see the doctor um, who's laid out for me uh, what my problem was, and it was cancer. It was uh, prostate cancer. And it was not just slightly prostate cancer. It was full-blown. Mm. Um, one of the things in prostate cancer, not to get into all the details, but there's something called a PSA score. Uh, that uh, if you're a healthy male, you should have a PSA score between zero and four, somewhere in there. My PSA score was 4,500. Yeah, I, I thought there was a mistake. In fact, I even said, I think there's a mistake here. Yeah. No, there's no mistake. You have a PSA of 4,500. So I was totally shocked. Yeah. Uh, after that, uh, I had to go through several battery of tests, uh, CAT scans, uh, MRI, um, bone scans, uh, more blood work, all those things. And what they found was that the one doctor that I talked to said, 
it's like an explosion that went off in your body because I see cancer everywhere. Mm-hmm. When I heard that, I thought my days were numbered. Yeah. I thought this is it. You know, I'm done. Um, it was very difficult for me at that time, even though as a Christian I was saved back in 1957 as a six-year-old boy. And uh, yes, there was times where I kind of got away from the Lord, but I never abandoned the Lord. It was just uh, things that you go through in life. And at the time, I was following the Lord and being obedient, and it just shocked me. I, I thought, why do I have cancer? Mm-hmm. Me. Me, maybe them, or her, or him, but me. So that's where I was, Mark, at that time. And uh, the next step that uh, I took was uh, calling the elders of the church. I don't know if you remember. I'm I sure do you remember, remember that. that. Yes, very vividly. Because I know Scripture talks about there. If anyone is in James, I think it's chapter mm-hmm. five. Any, if anyone's sick among you, you know, let him call for the elders of the church, anoint him with oil, pray over him, and so forth. And uh, I did. I called the elders together. You were there. Uh, Russell's there. Others were there. In fact, I think you anointed me with oil, if I recall, mm-hmm. and uh, prayed over me. And uh, one of the things that Russell said, which is so true, is that this was not a magic formula, but it was obeying Scripture. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to obey the Lord. And uh, from there, there was a number of people who came and said, Ron, we're praying for you. I had people praying for me all over the country here at McGregor. And I began to think, okay, what's our next step? And we said, let's go to Moffitt Cancer Center because we know that's a renowned cancer center in the United States. And it's just right up here in Tampa. A couple yeah. hours up the road. Yeah. And uh, got a hold of them. And at the time when I called, they were so busy, but they said, I think we can maybe squeeze you in. And lo and behold, there's a doctor named Jing Song Zhang, Chinese doctor, who was their expert, MDA, excuse me, MD, PhD. And uh, he was the doctor I saw. And it began treatment for me. And uh, uh, initially it was chemotherapy. Um, the, the chemotherapy didn't turn out so well. I uh, began to, <laughs> when, I, when they gave me the chemotherapy, I, my body reacted very negatively and uh, I thought my head was going to explode, my back was killing me. And so they had to give me um, Benadryl and Dilaudid to offset the, the chemo effects. They said, well, let's come back in a month. Uh, we're going to give you more st- steroids and so forth, and come back in a month, and we'll do it again. I came back in a month, tried the chemo again. Same effect. It just took a little, little bit longer to take place. Hmm. Had felt like it was going to explode. My back was just killing me. And again, it was Benadryl and Dilaudid that they gave me to offset the effects of the chemo that I was taking. So after that, I thought, What's going to happen now? They can't even give me chemo. I mean, where are we going to go with this, Lord? And praying about it and so forth. And the doctor said, I'm going to get you on a treatment of hormonal therapy because uh, we, we see that the, you can't take chemo for whatever reason, but we believe this uh, hormonal therapy can work. And uh, they began that with me. Back in 2015, and you're at a situation there where you're having to trust, <laughs> oh yeah, people and their their medical wisdom and and what to do because, you know, it's not even a situ a, a very common type situation here. Right. Where you can even talk to other maybe people. It's you're at one of the best places in the country, and exactly. you're having to 
to kind of rely on what they say that you can and can't do. And, you know, I was thinking I, at the time, I, I hope these guys are right, because I had one doctor tell me uh, after he looked at all my uh, reports and everything, he said, I think you got about a year to live. Mm. And that was underscored by my urologist who said, you're really under the eight ball here. We'll see what we can do. Uh, That's positive. You know, and my... Uh, <laughs> Way to build me up there. <laughs> my, uh, the cancer doctor and uh, Dr. Zhang up in Tampa said that the chemo would give me maybe 17 months. So mm. I'm thinking, if the chemo's not going to work in 17 months, what's this hormonal therapy going to do? Wonderfully, the hormonal, hormonal therapy brought my PSA down remarkably. Um, a couple of years ago, we got it down as low as 1.5 mm. from that 4,500. Wow. The pain was gone. I felt good. I was able to do things um, and just enjoy being, uh, enjoy life, yeah. you know, and carry on my responsibilities. Uh, that was very encouraging to me. Yeah. Before that started coming down, though, yeah, you, I mean, you're hearing from, Several doctors that say, you know, you've got a year and 17 months, you're under the eight ball. What's going on just even with your faith in, in that time span before you start getting some good results? Where are you in that kind of in that space there? Yeah, that was a time in which uh, I really got serious with the Lord. Uh, not that I wasn't serious before, but this is, is a situation where you feel like, Lord, it's it's you that that I can only turn to with this. And. God help me, uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, it's not that I was afraid of death because I knew that death would take me to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, that's wonderful. But I didn't want to die. In fact, uh, R.C. Sproul, the late R.C. Sproul said, I don't mind dying, it's just the process. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about the process of, of dying with cancer. and it's, yeah. It can be pretty horrible. Uh, so it was very difficult during that time, but yet I just took time to pray, read the Word of God, just taking time with Him. Mm. And I began to see a work in my life where at first I was terrified, but then came the comfort. Mm. Hard to explain, yeah. but it was there. Um, I, I know one of the verses that, yeah, just some of the things that uh, I was reading at the time, uh, I can share with you Second Corinthians 1, 3-4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, mm. who comforts us in all our affliction. And oh, that was so true. Mm. He did then, and He does now. It hasn't stopped. I began to really see that and understand that in a real personal way. Of course, Second Corinthians 12, 9, where He says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, mm-hmm. and it was, and it is, and will continue to be. Uh, I just thank him for these in- encouraging words from Scripture. Um, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, at the time, I was trying to keep a little journal of my life uh, and what was taking place and what was running through my mind. And uh, again, I go back to Scripture because Scripture to me is what encouraged me and drew me closer to the Lord. In Psalm 34, uh, it says this, the Lord is near the brokenhearted. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Mm. And you know, that delivering us all out of all our troubles doesn't necessarily mean I might live. 
uh, it, it also means I might be taken home right. and delivered out of all my troubles. Right. And what a wonderful thing that would be. But I wanted to, to be able to live and to see my grandchildren uh, and also be able to share my testimony, to be able to continue to serve him, to teach and all these things. And uh, so far now, since 2015 when I was diagnosed, here I am in 2022, which is seven years. Seven years. Yeah, you've uh, outlived all their estimations. Yeah. Like quite a bit. So how long until you started the, the hormonal ther- uh, therapy? It, it started in uh, early 2016. Okay. Because uh, they tried the chemo in December. It was pretty early on. Yeah, it was pretty got, early on. Yeah. And now there are side effects to that, and I, I still experience them. Uh, unusual. I don't have to get into all the details, but one of the things you do find is, is there's some fatigue. Mm-hmm. You just don't have the strength and right. so forth that you once had. But the amazing effects that it had on my body was incredible. In fact, the doctor in Moffitt would tell me that your body is responding very well to the hormonal treatment. And uh, this is wonderful, and we're going to keep doing that. Yeah. So uh, it it uh, really did a job of moving right. my PSA from a incredibly high score down to a, a reasonable yeah. score. What would be the the status that that your doctor would give you now? Be, Good question. Yeah. Yeah. I went to see him last week, and I had uh, more body scans. I, I had a CT scan, blood work done, uh, and it came back that everything is stable. Mm. No additional cancers. Uh, everything looks the same. The cancer hasn't gone away. And uh, I was told that it won't because one of the things I didn't mention here is that it did metastasize. It did get into my bones. Mm. And uh, the good news is is that it hasn't further increased in my bones. It's just kind of stagnant is where it is. They've been able to manage it in that way. Wow. So uh, my status is stable. Hmm. Um the doctor said, let's do this. Um, let's come back in two months. It'll just be a virtual online uh, interview. Uh, get your blood work done, send it to me, and uh, we'll take a look at things and see how they are. If required, we'll maybe change your uh, your medication. Right. You know. So you're continuing to be monitored very closely yes. by your doctor, and that probably will never change. Yeah. Uh, and I've had a chance to, to talk to the doctor just a little bit. Uh, in fact, I, I thank him for his work and his knowledge, but I also say, you know, there's a lot of people that are praying for me, hmm. and I'm trusting the Lord, you know. And his response isn't always, yeah, that's great. You know, it's usually, uh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, you know. Um, Have there been other opportunities while you've been up there at Moffitt or seen doctors where you've had a chance to, you know, give testimony to what God is doing? Well, you know, what's interesting is that when I had the chemo done, uh, the nurses who did the chemo, unbeknownst to me, were born-again Christians. Mm. And how it came about is that uh, when it was taking place, uh, Debbie and I just were praying a little bit, and they saw that, and they said, can we pray with you too? And I said, yeah, please. And they did. And I said, well, I want you to know that I'm a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. They told me, so are we. Oh, wow. And it was wonderful to have that little time of prayer and encouragement. Comfort, yeah. When I was going through a a very difficult time with the chemo that wasn't working. Mm. Uh, I just had a chance to last week uh, to talk to a lady. Uh, she was sitting next to me, and we were waiting for our uh, CAT scans to be done. And I looked over at her, and I said, uh, how are you today? And she goes, fine. I said, uh, 
I'm here, you know, get my CAT scan. She said, yeah, me too. And uh, a little more conversation. And I said, well, you know, one of the things with my life, I'm just so thankful that God has done a work in my life where I, I, I'm still here because I had stage four cancer. She goes, oh, she goes, I had stage three. And when I told her about God working in my life, I heard her say, amen. Hmm. And then, you know, then I went on to think, okay, I wonder if she is really a born-again believer in Christ. So I further said, uh, you know, I trust Christ as my Savior, and I, and I put all my faith and trust in Him that He's going to take me through this. And she said, praise the Lord, me too. Hmm. <laughs> so it was nice just having a fellow Christian next yeah. to me there. And she went and had her CAT scan done before me, and I didn't see her after that. But I've had a couple of those occasions where I've run into people who are actually born-again believers in Christ. Yeah. And um, I, whenever I can, I try to share with the doctors that I'm, people are praying for me, I'm trusting in the Lord, and I know that He's got a plan for me, and whatever happens after that, yeah. you know? Uh, That's one of the things I've appreciated about you going through this is, and I know how, I can't even imagine how difficult it's been at times, but you're... Trust in a sovereign God yes. through all of this, oh, yes. and that whatever He has in store for for you, you've like okay, that's that's okay because yeah. He'll give me what I need to get through Amen. that. One of the things that 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 just blessed me, Ron, and this is just recently, and we were having a conversation just several weeks ago, and you began to share kind of a little more of the big picture of looking back on these seven years. Mm -hmm. Share a little bit with our listeners, kind of what you were sharing with me, how you can now see that cancer diagnosis in a very different light than you did back in 2015. Yeah, I, going back to 2015 again, it was uh, kind of a why me? Hmm. Why do I have the cancer? I shouldn't have the cancer. You know, I'm a healthy guy. And then as I began to take time with the Lord in prayer, reading the Word of God, my viewpoint began to change a little bit. And it was changing in such a way that I really began to embrace, this, as you just mentioned, the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign in my life. He works His plan in my life according to His pleasure, not my pleasure. Mm. I don't want cancer. I don't want cancer now. But I could see that working in my life where I began to resign myself to the fact that this is God's plan for me. I don't fully understand it. But I want to obey. There's an old song that came to mind back then and it comes to mind right now. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and nope. obey. Yeah. So I was trusting God in my life during that time. And it began to continue to grow that trust and faith mm. that He, his plans for me were not a mistake. His plans were for my good and his glory. Right. And whatever that might be. Lord, give me the strength to do what I need to do. And what I saw was a relationship that continued to grow closer and closer mm -hmm. than it ever had before, uh, praying more than I ever had before, reading the Word of God than I ever had before. In fact, one of the things I promised the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to go to bed without reading your Word. Even if it's one in the morning and I haven't had a chance to read the Word of God, I'm going to get out the Word of God, I'm going to read it. Mm. Not because I'm checking a box, it's because I want to have that relationship with Christ. Mm. I want to be obedient, and I want to please Him in everything I do. And so over time, our relationship is sweetened. I trust Him. I love Him more than ever before. Mm. 
and I want to be used by him in whatever way he wants to use me. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm going through Paul David Tripp's uh, Morning Mercies for about the third time, but I thought of you uh, just a few days ago, uh, and he says this, if God intended for all the days of your life to be easy, they would be. No, in grace, he intends for your days to be his tools of refinement. Mm -hmm. Oh, how, how true. He was refining. In fact, yeah. you know, Russell on, on Sunday was talking about pruning. I, I believe there was some pruning in my life that was taking place, mm -hmm. some things that needed to be removed from my life that shouldn't have been there. And I'm not talking about any heinous sins or anything like that, but just things that were getting in the way of my relationship with Christ mm -hmm. and that pruning effect that took place. Wow, what a, what a wonderful thing that has happened as a result of that in my relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. And and to, to take that further, everything we experience, God intends to use, as you said, for our good yes. and His glory. Even the discouraging, you know, we might not, we might have had a problem at work. We might have had, you know, had a, a repair that we weren't expecting. All mm -hmm. these things are part of that refining yeah. process that He yeah. can use to chip away. Right. To, but however, we have also have the option to not allow that to happen and True. Uh, just kind of rebel against that and turn inward and just become more self-centered or more mm -hmm. prideful or more whatever the issue he's working on. But it sounds like uh, this process, you have turned your face toward the Lord completely oh, and yes. allowed him to use this as a refining, growing, yeah. almost a sweetening yes. uh, in the relationship process. Absolutely. That you could actually say, I'm thankful. Mm -hmm. Is that something you've, yes. Oh, you've, oh yes, I'm thankful. In fact, I have said it in, in my prayers to the Lord, Lord, thank you for the cancer. Wow. Now, I couldn't say that in 2015. I don't think I could say it in 2017. But as we continued in, our, in my relationship and prayer and mm -hmm. reading the Word of God, I, I think I just first said it last year, to be honest with you, and I said, Lord, Thank you for my cancer because I've seen what you've done in my life. And if it takes cancer, it takes cancer. Thank you. Mm. I want to be like you. Wow. Yeah. Well, Ron, I know that there are people listening that maybe have gone through something similar or mm -hmm. will go through something similar uh, because uh, sickness is, is out there. Yeah. Discouragement, difficult situations come the loss of loved ones, uh, all kinds of things happen. And mm. to be able to hopefully, what you have shared today, to be an encouragement or maybe even preparing somebody yeah. uh, for that. And as I always say, God, teach me before I have to go through the difficult, <laughs> if at all possible. Yeah, possible. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I know that doesn't always happen that way, but uh, that's, uh, that we would always want to choose that. But I, that's why I love that quote, because if mm. God intended mm. for all your days in life to be easy, it would be. Yes. It would be, because yes. he's God. Right. Uh, but no, yeah. that, that's that's not his plan. He cares a whole lot more about our holiness than his than yeah. our happiness. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And that's what I would be. I want to be holy. Yeah. You know, yeah. that day of, of trouble-free life is coming. Yes, that's right. And I look forward to it. 
Yeah. But that's our hope that we have when we're with Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing what I know has been a, a very personal thing uh, and at times a very, very, very difficult journey for you. But to, to be able to share where God has brought you, I know it's blessed me to hear, and I'm sure it's blessed our listeners mm-hmm. as well. So thank okay. you so much, Ron. My pleasure. Well, this wraps up this episode of Here at Home. And thank you, Ron, again for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for being a part of our Here at Home podcast community. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, maybe you're a new listener. Are you a subscriber, Ron? I will be. <laughs> That's right. I got to get you on the show and That's, now you'll be a no, subscriber. Yes. Yeah, You've been missing what you've been missing. All these, uh, these great stories. Yeah. So I would encourage if you are listening, please go ahead and subscribe. Give us a rating too as well. We'd love for you to do that. And uh, if you watch via YouTube, you can uh, give us a thumbs up. And I don't think they do ratings on that, but uh, you can give us a thumbs up. Uh, and just again, thank you for listening to all of our listeners. And we'll see you back in a couple of weeks right here at here at home.